right, left, right, left, marching, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, marching. When I wanna give in, feel like quitting. Something keeps living inside me, keeps yelling. Tell me, push on, push harder past the limit. It's no time for the giving and stick to it when I'm giving them. It's my all, and so they march for the sergeant. Ready to give it all up for the cause and just charge it. When I tell them to let it loose with the weapon, you blasting it down the mannequin, backing off what they never do. Never give up, not without a fight. Just to save a life, they would die, give their life. March, 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 march. Uh, what's going on, Warriors? I am Tim Lawson. I'm host of the show Fuel for Warriors, a collaboration of Lawson Entertainment and Lock and Load Java. So excited to be here. Episode 3. This week's guest is no stranger to us all. I'm sure you're familiar with him, and if you're not, let me tell you about this wonderful young man. He is a Medal of Honor recipient. He is a Marine Corps veteran. He is a student at the University of South Carolina. He's overall a very inspirational and humble human being. So excited to bring him on the show today. Of course, I'm talking about Kyle Carpenter. Before we get to my interview with Kyle, though, quick housekeeping note. If you haven't found us in iTunes yet, you can go to blogtalkradio.com slash fuel for warriors uh, to listen to our shows there. Our shows should also be up on uh, lockandloadjava.com shortly if they're not already there. So without further ado, I'm going to let uh, Carl Churchill, co-founder of Lock and Load Java, say a few words and then we'll move on to my interview with Kyle. Enjoy. Hey, Warriors, this is Carl Churchill, co-founder and chief coffee officer of Lock and Load Java. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our friend and fellow veteran Tim Lawson as he interviews risk takers who've embraced the warrior ethos. I know you'll love Tim's interview with today's guest, Medal of Honor recipient Kyle Carpenter. Wow, I've met a lot of true warriors in my life, but Kyle is a straight-up hero. This guy basically jumped on a grenade in Afghanistan to save a fellow Marine. But what's equally impressive to me is that he's a down-to-earth, humble guy who embraces a challenge and keeps a positive outlook on life. On top of that, he's continuing to serve and help others. Inspiring. When you finish listening to this episode, head on over to LockAndLoadJava.com and use the discount code FUELFORWARRIORS to receive a 10% discount on our premium coffee and other goods. Enjoy the interview and stay motivated, my friends. All right, Warriors, it's that time. I am just so excited to be talking to this Marine Corps veteran who is also a Medal of Honor recipient, Mr. Kyle Carpenter. Sir, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey to all the warriors out there. You know, it's an honor to be with you. So, Kyle, your your story's everywhere, right? I mean, you're 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 all over uh, the media for for your you know your efforts in the military and uh, you know the event that that led to uh, you know you receiving the Medal of Honor. Uh, but I still want to like lay that foundation that I like to do every time I talk to a veteran and just t- and ask you what made you decide to join the United States military. It takes a certain kind of person to do that, and we all have that in common, but each story is unique. What's yours? Uh, well, I think what we all have in common and a big part of why I joined is purpose. Uh, I got to a, a point in my high school career, you know, very close to graduating and um, starting in my junior year, I really started thinking about it, and 
I knew there was something out there that I could be a part of that uh, served a bigger purpose where I felt like I was contributing to something bigger than myself. And uh, simply, I didn't really, I didn't want to wake up one day and, you know, be in the later part of my life and look back and have any regrets. Uh, so I had a drive. I wanted to be a Marine. I wanted to do something tough, do something at the end of the day that I felt like uh, I was making myself better and I was, uh, I was setting myself up for success. So uh, I just, you know, regret is one of my biggest fears. And uh, I just didn't want to, like I said, wake up one day and, and regret not having served my country. Now, I, I'm, I'm sure asking this, we can all assume the answer, but I think it's still, I think it's still be powerful to hear. I mean, looking back at uh, your service and, and what's transpired, uh, do you have any regrets? Absolutely not. You couldn't pay me to change anything about this crazy, uh, sometimes great, sometimes painful journey I've been on. But, you know, I've learned a lot. It's got me to where I am today. Uh, I'm loving life today and everything has a purpose and, and things happen for a reason. And uh, where I'm at, I would not change. And I, you know, being a Marine helped shape me and form me who I am today and helped connect me with the friends that I'll have for the rest of my life, the guys that carried me and put me on the medevac. So uh, does it suck? Did it suck? Will it continue to suck at times? Yes. But, uh, you know, I'm very, I feel very privileged in a way. and fortunate that I got to experience some of the things that I did. And, you know, all good things, uh, you know, have a hard time and a rough spot and a, and a dark day. But, Looking back, you know, I, I'm very happy with where I am today, and I, I don't regret anything. Very cool. I, I only want to touch on uh, you know you know your your deployment uh, with a couple questions, and then move on to what more what you're doing today. Uh, but ju- I, I just have to ask because I'm just curious. Um, was you know I was in the Marine Corps. All my friends were a lot of my friends are Marines. We all know just sort of how they beat it into your head that you're supposed to jump on the grenade when you see it rolling in. Was it a conscious decision, or did it did you just naturally do it because of the muscle memory of training? Like, did you do you remember thinking to yourself, "Oh, there's a grenade. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on this," or did it just happen? You know, this question used to early on in my recovery frustrate me because. I just used to sit and think and think and think and try to remember what I had thought or huh. seen grenade or anything. Uh, but the, the weird thing is that the only thing I remember from almost that entire day, uh, is nothing before I got injured and nothing before the grenade went off. The only thing I remember is physically how my body felt after I was injured and before I went unconscious. Okay. So fast forward to now, uh, does your body still hurt? It doesn't actually. I, I try to stay active and I try to eat decent and, you know, my body's been through a lot. So, you know, I most feel like I need to treat it well because it's got me to where I am today. And it's, it's really, I guess, stuck in there and hung in there with me. So, uh, it doesn't hurt. Um, so I, I'm very fortunate and, you know, I had great therapists and great surgeons and, uh, everybody at Walter Reed that really uh, put Humpty Dumpty back together uh, and, did a, <laughs> and did a very, very good job at it. So uh, very much attributed to my my medical care at Walter Reed, uh, what was before it, it merged Bethesda, uh, very much attributing to them. Uh, I am doing uh, very well medically and in good health today. That's wonderful, man. 
Thank uh, you. Yeah, so... And, I, hey, Tim, I'm really sorry. I just wanted to, you know, before we get ahead, I, I did want to tell anybody that listens to this that aren't Marines and, you know, that, that haven't stood on the yellow footprints. When we, when we get to boot camp, it's immediately... Uh, Tim, this is just going to be all a big repeat for you, but it's immediately <laughs> ingrained into us that there's a bigger purpose and that, that the uniform we wear is bigger uh, and the idea of the Marine Corps is bigger than any one person or any one individual effort. And, uh, you know, it, it's ingrained to us and, and told us every single day to look out for the Marine on your right and left. You always have a battle buddy. You always have somebody to keep you accountable in every way, shape, and form, in every aspect of life. So uh, when I hear my story, uh, in a way, I, I'm, I'm surprised, uh, you know, that I did it. I just, even though it happened to me and it's my story, it's still uh, crazy to think about somebody doing that. But then I look at the other side of it, and I'm not surprised at all because I know if 100 Marines were put uh, my position and my buddies that were there with me that day, roles were reversed. They would do the same thing for me. So I'm sorry. I just want to get get that out there on the table. No, absolutely. I think that's an, that's important to uh, to reiterate. You know, uh, something that I find uh, fascinating is whenever someone goes through some sort of significant event, especially in the military, but in most places in society, they like they get called up to be a speaker, right? Like now, now you just get sort of thrusted into this uh, this role of inspirational speaker, and people want you to talk to their audiences and stuff. We saw it with you know Dakota, and I've you know I I was at the SVA conference uh, to see you speak, and that that's actually when this co- question came to mind. It, it almost seems like. Uh, I don't want to say an obligation, but it almost seems like that's like the pathway now for war heroes. How long did it take you to get used to that calling? Like to, uh, did it, did you sort of, I mean, I thought that you did a great job speaking. You seemed very comfortable on the podium, but I imagine you've done it a hundred times by now. You know, what's, what's it like that transition? Uh, obviously you went through, you know, years of, of recovery, but you know, now that you're sort of getting out there more being a public figure, uh, what's that transition been like? Well, uh, very early on, I actually don't even recall that well. They're very vague. My first actual public kind of speaking things, they started out very small, uh, speaking to, to elementary and middle school kids. And I guess that side of my life, uh, professional and public speaking has, has very much grown since then. But one idea that I've always really stuck with and had through it all is, uh, hearing people speak all growing up, you know, most of the time it was, scripted they wrote it down a couple days before they rehearse it and uh you know when it's like that it almost seems you know a little less genuine than if it if it really just came out how you want it to and and came out right there in front of the people that you're speaking to and connecting with so when i get up there uh you know i i really think about what i want to say before uh, I think about the ideas I want to hit on. I think about the audience I'm speaking to, what messages I want to get across. But, you know, above all that, I want to get up there and, and say, hey, I appreciate you having me today. Thanks for your time. I'm going uh, to be honest with you. I, I want to inform you of things that you're, you're interested about. And the way I look at it is a, a lot of times I'm tired on the road and it's hard to a lot of times to, to balance school and, and travel on the weekends and all the time and, and go out there and speak. But you're right. In the best way possible, uh, it is almost you could look at it as an obligation. I, I look at it as 
every time I wake up early and go get on a plane, go travel, go speak to somebody uh, and take the time to do that, even though it does get hard and it, and it does uh, wear on you at times, I look at it as every group I talk to and every person I speak to, if I can teach them one thing about the military or, or maybe make them think about an opinion or a view you know, about Marines, about our mission in Afghanistan, how we're trying to help people and make, you know, create a better life for them, how wounded warrior life is, what guys are going through every single day that most people don't even know about. And the guys that died and bled out on those fields in Afghanistan that nobody even knows their name. So, uh, I, I do feel uh, like it's an obligation, but it's, it's one that, uh, I'm happy to do it, I guess you could say. Do you feel any pressure in the, in the expectation to be inspirational or, or has that sort of, I mean, it sounds like that you've sort of come to terms with the fact that this is just a, an aspect of your life now. Do you still get nervous? Do you still feel any sort of pressure to get out there and like move or someone or, um, has just your transparency sort of exasperated all that? All the above, I guess. <laughs> really, you could say my biggest struggle right now is just, Finding that healthy balance of taking a, a full load at University of South Carolina, 16 hour semester <laughs> and, uh, traveling and, you know, trying to always be energized and motivating and, and be as good as I can for the people that I'm around. So, uh, it's all just a balance that I'm still working on, but I, you know, this semester is already going smoother and I already have a, much better grasp on it than last semester. The first semester I was going to school uh, starting in August, just about a month and a half after I was awarded the medal. So um, it hasn't slowed down at all, but I've learned to balance and control it a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you brought up your, your attendance to, uh, to South Carolina. I actually have it jotted down here in my notes. Uh, what, what are you going to school for? I am going to school. I'm majoring in international studies. Okay. And what do you, what do you want to do with that? Well, uh, you know, you don't have to know. That's okay. I don't know what I want to do with my degree yet. So. I don't know. I have, uh, I have ideas. I have things I want to work on and can really contribute my time and effort towards. And as far as a job, uh, I'm not ruling out politics. Uh, I'm very interested in the intelligence and international kind of community field and effort we have with uh, the rest of the world and kind of how we t touch and connect with it on a government and uh, political and, uh, I guess, uh, military effort level. So all that's very interesting to me and how uh, every single day coming to a, to a job like that, it would be different and always changing. So uh, I'm not – one thing I've learned from all this is just to – you know, life comes at you fast. Like I said, at the conference, the SVA conference, life comes at you fast and you can never perfectly and a hundred percent plan for everything. So, uh, I'm just going to work hard and try to do good things along the way and be a good person and, um, impact the world in whatever way I can while I'm in school. And, uh, later on, I'm just, just want to work hard and do the right thing and really see where it takes me and see what doors open up. Yeah. So like I mentioned, I was, I was at the SVA conference, uh, when you spoke and, uh, you passed around your medal of honor, uh, which I thought was really cool. I thought the sentiment that you provided that it wasn't, that you felt it wasn't just yours, that it was, you know, represented the sacrifices of every veteran. Uh, did you, did you receive any criticism for that gesture of passing around your medal of honor? 
You know, knock on wood, not yet. <laughs> if I do, I'm blaming it on you. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I'll I'll take that. I'll 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 take the blame on that one. No, uh, I, I mean, if any criticism came, I honestly uh, wouldn't give it two seconds worth of thought. Uh, I wouldn't care because I meant what I said, and if I receive criticism, I'm not gonna turn back on that. Uh, I thought it was important to do that, and I believed in what I did. So. Uh, let the criticism come, but uh, I know that the people that were there and the Marines got my back, so I'm really not worried about anything. <laughs> it is, it is nice. Have you? I remember when I was uh, when I was uh, on MSG duty, and I would just go into the gym at our inside our house, and I would walk into the walk in, and there'd just be like two, three Marines just working out. I remember thinking, like, I'm really glad these guys are on my side. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not worried about too much. Yeah. So. I have to ask this because it came up when you know. So I took a picture of your medal and I and I shared it uh, on social media like anybody does uh, these days. And you know, I noted uh, you know Kyle Carpenter, Medal Honor, Medal of Honor recipient, passes around medal. And one of my friends commented saying, "Thank you for not calling him winner." Have you had anybody refer to you as a Medal of Honor winner? And did it did that make you feel anything? Did that sound weird? Oh man, you uh, you hit it right on the head. I'm so glad you asked that. I've never got this question before, and I would never bring it up. But ninety nine percent of the time, I get winner. Uh, I've been asked <laughs> if I was the gold medal winner. You know, I've got a lot of questions, but you're right. Every time I hear winner, it does kind of cut at me a little bit, but. I also am very understanding and very tolerant that, you know, to somebody that has no idea about the military and what it's about uh, or how it operates or the terms, uh, who knows? If I had no idea about any of that, I might say winner because you just don't know, uh, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I didn't enter a competition. Uh, I didn't enter the Olympics for the gold medal. Uh, I didn't want what came to me and I didn't ask for it. Uh, and if I could give it to somebody else, if I could give it to one of those quadruple amputees at Walter Reed, I would, but you know, I'm not a winner of everything. Um, yeah. Well, but, I'm, I'm glad I asked because you know, I, uh, I don't know if maybe I've, I'm just passive to it, but I was never aware that that was like an issue. Like I, I could see like a level of ignorance, you know, coming up and that, and that happening. But I mean, I didn't, under, I didn't, I'm glad you, I'm glad you answered that way. I, I had no idea that, that, that it was happening that often. Yeah. I very, very rarely ever get recipient or nobody ever says he was awarded or, uh, he's a recipient. Early on in official, you know, and all the official news things and things like that, it was, uh, correct. But yeah, people say winner, but like I said, I, I'm understanding and yeah. Do you believe that you're a hero? Do you resonate with that idea? I mean, uh, heroes never call themselves heroes, but do you resonate with that term? It's okay to say yes. No, I mean, I don't. Okay. But then, you know, I, I look up so much to the guys who I recovered with. And, uh, those guys that, you know, struggled to get up in their wheelchairs and had no limbs or only had one limb and, uh, they put a smile on their face and went to therapy and went through the pain and the surgeries and, uh, were just the, the best of the best that you could ask for in terms of warriors and just, you know, just really being the epitome of what, what our military and what our warriors are about. 
So, you know, I, I, I look at them as my heroes. So for other people to say that, I'll accept it very uh, graciously and I appreciate it and I'm honored. Uh, I would say at the end of the day, I don't feel that way. But, man, like I said, those other guys, you know, that just the years that I saw them go through what they went through, yeah, yeah. Uh, me along with them, you know, I, I feel that way. So, you know, if anybody's going to get called a hero, it should be people in our military uh, before anybody on TV. Yeah, absolutely. Which veterans issues and I'm and, you know, you don't have to you don't have to um you don't have to be really uh, vocal about some strong advocacy here. I'm just curious on what's catching your attention a little bit more. But which veterans issues do you feel the most passion towards correcting right now? Uh, you know, there's homelessness or suicide. There's unemployment. Uh, there's, you know, there's there's still sexual assault in the military. There's a lot of issues inside the military and veteran space that have really surfaced on a national level. Are there any of them that you feel more passionate towards being involved in and helping correct? You know, I would say you're right. There are so many, and um, say, for, for me personally, it's uh, it's suicide. Um, I actually do a program on veteran suicide, but I know there's a, I know homelessness is like on the rise. I'm really I'm really glad that there's a lot of organizations that are coming forward to address that Absolutely. unemployment. That can, is you know separations are are continuing to improve, so we can so we can fix that. And uh, you know, I just it was it's something that I haven't uh, haven't heard really in a lot of your interviews. I'm just curious what uh, you know. Every veteran has like that one issue that they sort of resonate with and want to you know that catches their attention more. I was just curious uh, if any of those caught your attention more than the other. Right. I think down the road, uh, you know, when I get out of school and I get stabilized in a job and, and, you know, as I'm going through all these speaking engagements, because I spoke to people I never expected to speak to. And I, you're right. I think one day something's going to just truly catch my attention that I'm going to specifically be passionate about that one thing and uh, devote a lot of time and effort into that. But right now, you know, all those could be under the umbrella of the American people just need more knowledge of what our military has gone through since the since the first day of the war. What wounded warriors go through just an overall more of a knowledge and understanding of uh, how much our military uh, actually sacrifices and what we're about. So right now, I think it really ties in with my drive to, to public speak and tell people about that because think about if 15, 20, 25, 30 more percent of the American people really truly knew and understood what goes on behind the scenes uh, and not just what they see on CNN or Fox News or headline news. Uh, so with me going to public speak, I feel like, you know, right now, what I can do best and what I can do most efficiently is just spread the word and get the word out there and try to, you know, if I'm speaking to 500 people, try to let those 500 people walk away with something. And by word of mouth, 10 people will know what I said. So uh, right now, I just those issues, I feel like I best can contribute just by going out there and telling people, you know, what the truth is and, and kind of what really goes on. And uh, maybe one day down the road, I'll get into the, you know, the homeless veterans or sure. uh, the VA struggle or things like that. But uh, right now I'm just trying to focus on school and, and try to inform people of the military and the Marine Corps and uh, wounded warrior life as best as I can. I'm really glad that you pointed out that 
they need to understand. And too many veteran advocacy groups use the word care when it comes to like improving the relationship between military veterans and, and the civilian population. And I think it's more about empathy and understanding and less about just, you know, about caring. So I'm glad that the, that you approached it that way. You can dismiss this question if you'd like, but I, um, you know, I want to ask, are you experiencing any psychological effects from, from your time in, on deployment? No, not, uh, not now. I did early on in the hospital. It was rough being on for so long and, and for so much initially, all the medication and, uh, just working through all that. I did have some some problems, but uh, I'm at a great point today. I, I'm focused on school and I'm trying to stay active and busy. And uh, I try to get out there and get out of my apartment and get in the fresh air and, and active as much as possible and socialize with people and just try to always stay busy. I'm always tired, but at least I'm always busy and, and doing something and trying to be productive. So uh, I don't anymore. I have a great family. I have great friends and a support system. Um you know, and, and, I, and I also do realize the uh, the side of it and the fact that there's not a lot of guys that I mean, I'm sorry, uh, there is a lot of guys and there's there's a lot of military members that are the opposite of my case that don't really have that great of a support system that uh, don't know kind of what to channel their focus on and don't want to get out of the house. But, uh, you know, like I said earlier, everything happens for a reason, kind of like I said at the conference. You know, people have survivor's guilt and, and, you know, post-traumatic stress and all these things. But at the end of the day, just, you know, if you think about it for one second, if you think about it for, you know, 10 minutes, just think that you have a purpose and whether you like it or not or want to believe it or not, you survived for a reason. And, you know, I, I don't I hope I'm not being too aggressive in saying this, but get up and, and make the most of your life. Men and women sacrifice their lives. So for people back home, we, we raise our right hand to say, you can have up to my life for the people back home, for the freedoms of our country, for this nation. So you earn and, and you served your time and, and you gave everything you could and you did a great job defending this country. So, I understand the struggle and the long nights and not sleeping in the hard times, but, you know, go out there and live and make the best for those that couldn't. And that's what I think about every day. I try to, you know, if I can only give 80% that day, I can only give 80%. If I'm uh, super tired, I can, you know, only, only give what I can give, but every day I'm going to try to at least do something to make myself better and to make those guys that are, that are looking down on me that didn't make it through our deployment uh, try to make them proud. Go out there and, and get some fresh air and get some sunlight and, and go kick ass pretty much. Wonderful. So I, I got two more questions for you. The first, what do you miss about the Marine Corps? It's been a few years, I know. And, you know, what what do you miss? Uh, you know, surprisingly, uh, any active duty Marines that lose this are going to be like, what? <laughs> but I, uh, you know, I miss everything about the Marine Corps. I miss the hard times, I miss the great times, I miss uh, struggling through those field ops and, and uh, you know, being tired and cut up and hurting and sore at the end of the day and 
just being around guys that get it and understand and are there right there with you going through it. I mean, the Marine Corps is a huge part of my life. It always will be. It was. Uh, it taught me so much. And, you know, even today when I'm walking across campus and it's really cold outside or it's raining, if I think for a second, oh, it's so cold or you know, <laughs> can't wait to get to the warm, dry classroom, I always think there's a Marine out there getting rained on, trying to sleep, living in a muddy, wet, dark hole out in the middle of the woods. So, uh, or standing post in Afghanistan or, you know, walking out of those friendly lines, uh, in, in those rough, dark areas of the world. So, uh, I just, you know, it always keeps things in perspective for me, even though I'm out. So, uh, I miss everything. I miss the bond. Um, I could ramble on and on, sure, but sure. the Marine Corps is amazing. And I just miss being around, um, you know, people that that really just know and understand what uh, what sacrifice and what laying down and going to sleep at night and not really knowing if you're going to uh, make it through the next day or not uh, is like. So, Kai, I, I know I'm uh, I'm only I'm going a couple minutes over our, our uh, scheduled time, but I just have one more question for you. Um, what, uh, give me one thing that you're sort of still challenging, maybe on a, on, on a routinely basis, like week to week. And then, you know, what, who, what or who ultimately inspires you? You mentioned the, the, you know, the, the veterans at Walter Reed and, you know, that's, that's a great example. But, uh, what challenges are you continuing to overcome and, and what inspirations do you feel, uh, on a daily basis? Uh, I would say inspirations I feel on a daily basis is very simple things like going to class and walking across campus and uh, not having to worry about uh, my friends not making it home from class or my family uh, getting killed because we believe in something different from somebody else. So every day I feel like I'm reaping the benefits almost of what myself and my fellow Marines went to Afghanistan and fought for. Uh, and I would say something I'm struggling with every day is just uh, – now, it, it's not a daily struggle. I would, I would just say it's more of every once in a while when I do slow down and think about things. You know, I don't get hung up on it, but I do think every once in a while that, you know, I've got a long, hard life ahead of me. I've got a great one. I've got a very blessed one. But physically, uh, I know that there are going to be more hard and more rough days ahead and more surgeries. And, uh I guess in a way you could say every once in a while when I think about it, I struggle with it because, you know, I spent three years in the hospital, went through over 40 surgeries. So I'm not too excited to uh, get back <laughs> into that routine. But, you know, I know one day my body is going to wear like everybody else's and I'm not looking forward to that day. But that's why I stay active and that's why I go 100 percent and uh, do as much as I can and try to experience life because I know one day that uh, I want be able to move as good as I do now. So uh, I'm just trying to live it up and not worry and uh, enjoy life and let it let it uh, happen as it's going to happen. Wonderful. Kyle, thank you so much for joining me on Fuelful Warriors. It's it's a pleasure talking to you. Uh, when I was at SVA, I, I knew right away that I wanted to have uh, a, a real conversation with you. And I think that you provided a lot of great uh, insights into your life and into the veteran space for others. And most of all, sir, thank you for your service to our country. You too, Tim. Super fun. Wow. 
What an interview with Kyle Carpenter. It was such an honor to have a conversation with that young man. So inspiring, so humbling. Loved it. Warriors, thank you so much for taking time to listen to the show. It really means a lot to me. I do everything I can to try to bring you a good conversation, one that'll inspire you, one that'll entertain you, one that'll challenge the way that we all think, and I hope you got that today with my conversation with Kyle. Head on over to LockAndLoadJava.com to see what we have going on over there. Much more than a coffee company, we are here to influence the veteran space and influence the other networks and communities that we are a part of, and we we just Thank you for allowing us to be now in your network and your community, taking the time to listen to the show. Blogtalkradio.com slash Warriors is where you can listen to every episode. Also iTunes, Stitcher, etc. Thank you. I am Tim Lawson on behalf of Carl, Lori, and the rest of us here at Lock and Load Java. We'll see you next week. Left, right, left, right, left, right, left, marching, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, marching. When I wanna give it, feel like quitting Something keeps living inside me, keeps yelling Tell me push on, push harder past the limit It's no time for the giving and stick to it when I'm giving them It's my all and so they march for the sergeant Ready to give it all up for the cause and just charge it When I tell them to let it loose with the weapons You blasting it down the mannequin backing off what they never do Never give up, not without a fight Just to save a life, they would die, give their life March, march, march